2: This is
0: our DC. Yes, sir, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is Dave, and welcome to the Boston Podcast, which is, as far as we know, the city's only independent Monday through Friday daily podcast in greater Boston. I already said that, the city, whatever. Anyway, thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, please share this podcast with a colleague. We appreciate it when you do that. Say so check it out. Tell them to hit subscribe. Tell them to hit like. Something nice, some nice mojo that keeps the wheels turning here at pod617.com. By the way, if you'd like your own podcast, please. Go to our website, pod617.com, and you can hit buttons to get in touch with us. You can come visit us at our Westwood Studios. You can become your own podcast star. Well, it's what we do here. We produce podcasts, all kinds of stuff, like the Bitchless Bride podcast, Deb Francesco, She is a wedding planner, and she's got an awesome, funny podcast that allows her to just be her, but also to promote her business and to alert clients to the fact that she is the cool individual that she is and awesome at what she does. That's just one example. If you want to see our full lineup, pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Ugh, enough plugging. Dave, really, have another cup of coffee. I'm talking like that guy from the FedEx commercials from the uh, 70s. Anyway, today we have a great show for you. I am joined by RCS Learning Center individuals, representatives, brass, if you will, Christina King and Jennifer Rutland. They are two of the people that make that organization go. The RCS Learning Center helps kids with autism through something called ABA, Applied Behavioral Analysis. And they do all kinds of cool work from their facility right here in Massachusetts. You're going to hear All about it. And by the way, just another little preview here. You are going to hear me uh, in the course of this interview refer to a former CEO of Walgreens who's kind of a quasi-hero of mine. And of course, I have such good recall, I couldn't even think of his name. But I can tell you right now, his name is Randy Lewis. And the name of the book that he wrote is No Greatness Without Goodness. It's about how Walgreens made a commitment to employ people with special needs and challenges. You'll hear me stumble over some of that. But so uh, fix made right there. And my conversation with Christina... And Jennifer, let's get to it right now We started talking kind of casually And then the conversation started rolling So it's kind of like you're going to hear You're going to join this conversation already in progress But it's a great one You're going to hear all kinds of cool things About helping people with autism And how people with autism can help us A lot of great stories in here Great show, enjoy your day Boston Here is my chat with Christina and Jen Here we go
3: I always say like autism Kids have a really hard time learning from their environment. Typically developing kids, like I look at, I have a six and a nine-year-old, and when they were little, I just watched them develop, and just naturally they make eye contact. They can respond to their name. Um, they naturally develop language skills as because they just learn from their environment, from hearing people talk to them. Um, and then most kids with autism actually need to be taught those skills.
0: Right, yeah. My son... Had uh, exhibited just what you're describing. I mean, he, the and the the frustrating thing about autism is that when the kid is uh, like you said, 15 months is pretty young for a pretty young, yeah. yeah. So for the first, you know, certainly 12 months, the the kid appears to be a typical kid. And then they start, it's like they appear to drift away. They're not really drifting away, right? They're just, that's just, they're not developing at the same right. rate as the Parents other Parents will
3: say that they seem like disconnected.
0: Right. And, and, which means, you know, trouble making eye contact. Yeah. And it was around this time that, um, my son started getting obsessed with Elmo, right? Mm-hmm. Because who doesn't love Elmo, right? So he's <laughs> watching all these Elmo videos, and it was at a period of time where we were living, we were actually living with my parents because we were waiting for the home, we were like between homes that we were moving into. And so it was kind of a weird mode of living. So when in doubt, throw in an Elmo video. So we got obsessed with Elmo, and um, you know his mom for a while blamed elmo for the autism which you know sorry elmo you know it's not your fault <laughs> it's, but but it's but i just mentioned that because it's part of the journey of the parents with autism is they it's 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 almost tragically watch the kid day after day slowly not keep up i mean is mm-hmm. that is is that the way you know you guys are experts so Christine, i'm looking at you it's kind of the way it goes <laughs> down
2: yeah, yeah. So definitely, um, you know, honestly, with the students and maybe Jen can add in from early intervention. But the students that I've worked with are mostly, you know, have been diagnosed for a couple of years. Um, not to say that the families don't have a hard time and they continue to have a hard time um, figuring out what is going to be the path and how much we can we can change. And you do hear families kind of look back and say, you know, what did what did we do? What could we have changed in the environment? Um, what was the cause of this? Could we have caught it earlier? All of yeah. those questions kind of of, you know, really do weigh on the families um, and, and are, are they making the right choices with therapy, with school, with um, all the choices that they're making for their child? Because it's not as easy, you know, you know typical f- for families that have typically developing children, you just send them to their neighborhood school and, you know, the teachers figure yeah, it out, but right. you have to be an advocate um, for your child with special needs and, and that's a whole nother pressure.
0: What, what do you tell when parents say, "Was there something we could have done differently?" You you say, "Yeah, definitely, you blew it. You <laughs> no. you, you just dropped the ball. Next yeah. time, get it right." No, yeah, I, I presume. So what do you, what do you tell? Them?
2: Yeah, you know, honestly, we don't have a lot of families in the school that ask that at that point. Um, I don't know if you do any of the the parent consult, but of course we say, you know, no, you couldn't have done anything differently. This is something that was going to happen, um, and you're doing the best you can in getting the services that the, the child needs at this point. Um, and, you know, we advocate for home services or, you know, whatever we can do to kind of help the family get trained up on, you know, the procedures that are going to be effective in in, in bringing out those cues that are going to increase the behaviors that you want and help your child. So.
0: Yeah. And therapy works, right? Because, and yeah. uh, I'll pose it to you, Jen. Um, sorry, do you go by Jen? Jennifer? Always Jennifer? Always Jen. Jenny from the block? Always yeah. Jen?
3: Okay? <laughs> Jenny, <laughs> from <laughs> <laughs> Jenny from Jenny the from ham. Jenny from the ham. Jenny from the ham. Yeah,
0: I like that. <laughs> it's got a ring to it. So, um, you know, there's a lot of um, mystery still around autism. Like we, we still, yeah. we still, and you guys must get asked about this all the time. Um, we know therapy works. It doesn't cure autism, but it can, it can bring, it can improve communication skills, right? right. Um, and you know, I was just thinking, I mean, in, in asking you, uh, Christine, about that tragic question, the parents, could we have done anything differently? It's like therapy could help. In, I know my son, I know <laughs> therapy helped him. In specific things like he used to not be able to go to the barber it would freak him out like crazy and through therapy he sits there like a perfect gentleman now but he still has autism like so that that's I think what the parents have to understand because instead they get they chase these ghosts they chase these crazy reasons as to why the kids have autism I mean do you have those conversations Jen or
3: um yeah I have those conversations (laughs) all the time with parents um a lot of parents will say like you know will he ever not have autism or, um, can you fix him? Mm -hmm. Um, a a lot of parents will ask, you know, what they could have done, um, differently. And, you know, we, because we provide early intervention services and that services for kids birth, um, until they're three years old, um, parents are like their kids are just diagnosed we just get them you know they're diagnosed on Monday and the parents are reaching out on Wednesday they have no idea what autism is they're trying to navigate you know they don't know what ABA services are um, they don't know you know why their kids aren't communicating or why they're having tantrums all the time and they just like need a lot of help and a lot of support and um, and that's what we do you know when we're in the homes working with kids we're teaching the kids and providing therapy, but a lot of it is, like, support for the families, too, um, especially at that early stage because they're at a loss for where do we go from here? Are we, are we making the right decisions? And what is autism? What can I expect? And, you know, will my child grow up to be, a lot of parents will say, like, normal. Yeah. Um, there, I feel like there's no normal anymore. But, you know, they want <laughs> yeah. their kids to be, you know, like a typically developing kid, and they don't want their kids to need support, you know, for the and so their And so I take life. it
0: you're... you're- Optimistic but realistic, right? When you give the answers absolutely. to these questions, yeah, absolutely. So, so what do you tell them? I mean, just
3: that early intervention, as much intervention as we can give them um, mm. now. You're going to see a lot of progress, and um, you can't. You don't know what the future is going to hold. It's just about giving them the the right tools right now um, mm-hmm. in order to to help them make as much progress as they can.
0: Yeah, and I mean that's. I mean that go. I haven't asked you sort of what the mission of the RCS is, but <clears throat> I take it that goes to the. Well, maybe I should just ask and be a good interviewer and say, <laughs> and I'll throw it back to you, Christina. Like what? Like uh, how would you describe the mission? I'm not going to hold you to like the website version of it, but yeah. in general,
2: I mean, I have it pretty much memorized. <laughs> oh, but- <laughs> <all right. laughs> no, no, show um, off. <laughs> <laughs> so I've only worked there for 12 years or so. Yeah. Um, no, um. So, our, our mission is to provide the best quality ABA services, behavioral and educational services that we can for children with autism, and it, and, it, and that's across the whole spectrum. So, you know, the the organization originally started out of a consulting division where, you know, Jen really leads that division, going into homes, going into, into schools, and um, helping teachers, helping families, and, you know, um, now we have the school in addition. So, um, that opened in 2006, and same mission, um, is really to provide the best quality, but to have students in an environment where we have them for 30 hours a week, that we can provide intensive therapy in um, an environment in the hopes of getting them back to a public school environment, which happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, recently, kind of adding that that layer of early intervention providers. So I think part of our mission is, is that, to educate students across the whole spectrum, um, Literally not the, the spectrum. whole spectrum. No, not the <laughs> yeah. not the autism spectrum. the autism no. spectrum, okay. the the spectrum of uh, needs, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but I think our other, you know, kind of secondary mission more recently has been to inform the community, and that's kind of why we're here today. Is you know we have to be advocates for our kids too. So for a long time we were really focused on providing the best you know education that we we can for the students and helping the students and the families as much as we can, and we're still a hundred percent focused on that. I I guess, 110 adds, you know, this kind of uh, outside of our walls. What can we do to set up the community to be more accepting, to be taking steps to help children with autism? How can we get community members to be, um, you know, hiring people with autism? And how can we get the community to understand, you know, you see that student with autism, you know, at the table next to you and you're at a restaurant. How do you help that family?
0: Yeah. So tell me about that component of what you do. How do you literally do that? Like the, the the help educate the community. What do you what do you do?
2: Yeah, I think we're starting small, um, in what matters most for our kids. Um, but uh, recently, so I think it was two thousand and fourteen, started our Let's Get to Work vocational program. Okay, um, cool. And um, so we started with our, our vocational partners, finding people in the Natick Framingham, you know Wayland community that will um, have our kids come and volunteer and um, help out and and be advocates, like tell their customers, you know, we have this happen and and, um, we're accepting of it and so should everybody else.
0: Yeah. I've told this, uh, well, retold this story many times. I don't know about it on this podcast, but podcast listener, you're listening, so you're forced to listen to me retell this if you've already heard. (laughs) No, but it's really, it's not even my story. It's, um, uh, now I'm forgetting his name. He's the former um, CEO of Walgreens. I want to say his name is Randy something. I'll look it up in a a minute. But, They implemented a plan at Walgreens to, with a goal to employ a certain number of people with challenges, um, to, uh, mainly inspired by um, the owner CEO's uh, son who had uh, special needs. Wow! And um, so for a while it was just kind of like oh you know nice thing we're going to employ other you know people kids with special needs it's it's a noble thing but what he didn't necessarily uh take into account was uh, i can't find his name come on walgreens (laughs) it 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 was like uh, the name of the book he wrote was called you have to be great to be good um uh let's see uh Alexa, who's the former uh, CEO of Walgreens that wrote that book about like being great or something? She's not gonna get this. Hmm, I don't know that one. She said, "I don't know that one."
3: Gotta love Alexa.
0: Thanks a lot, Alexa. You're <laughs> zero for two. Um, I asked her something this morning, and she didn't know that one either. Um, all right, well, we'll find it by the end of the at uh, the end of the uh, show. Anyway, the point is, um, I've heard this guy speak, and he's and he's very compelling, and. He said what he didn't anticipate Was that the productivity of the, the organization Actually got better It actually went up And he told great stories About how, um, you know They'd be uh, someone with special needs You know, on, help, uh, helping in the warehouse or something And like mm-hmm. every time Like the, a purple crate would go by On the conveyor belt this guy named Greg or something Would do a dance Because he, because he didn't care Because he has special needs And he didn't realize <laughs> Doing a dance wasn't silly And um, They said And you know That would be an odd thing To see in a workplace And so they kind of asked His coworkers Like what do you think of You know Greg And, and his dance With the purple gray And they said that, No it's fine You know he gets a kick Out of that And they said Does he like slow you down He said well no He's actually a good worker And, and you know Obviously he marches To his own beat And then um, they said, well, does anybody ever give him a hard time? And this one woman stepped forward and she said, if anyone gives him a hard time, they're going to have to answer to me. (laughs) And so um, I almost got choked up when I said that because good for you, whoever woman you were. Um, But, you know, what he didn't anticipate was how much pride everybody took in lifting this kid up.
1: Hi, everybody. I'm Chami DeParel. Let me take a minute to tell you about the Boston Podcast Network. How would you like your own podcast? The Boston Podcast Network can produce one for you. Whether you're a lawyer, financial advisor, business owner, or really any kind of professional, you should have your voice heard through this exciting new medium. A good podcast is more powerful than traditional advertising. If a prospective client hears your podcast through their earbuds, you're already in their head. Literally, pod617.com will help you deliver a message and build relationships. Clients and centers of influence will delight in being a guest on your show. Go to pod617.com to start planning. And in the meantime, listen to the great shows they've already produced. The irreverent Bitchless Bride podcast. The hilarious show known as Shawshanked. And the wild trip through the paranormal that is Monsterland. Be part of the pod revolution. Visit pod617.com in Pod. We trust.
0: You guys have done um, are just starting this vocational thing, and I imagine that's sort of the the spirit of it. Jen, you, maybe you want to speak to this as to how the many ways that a, a workplace can benefit from employing someone with the uh, you know challenges or needs.
3: Um, well, I think just building awareness and acceptance of individuals with special needs. Um, I also think people just don't understand what. Um, individuals with special needs or with autism can offer Um, a lot of our kids have great skills and are way better at working at a walgreens or cvs than i would ever be Um, and i think people just don't necessarily understand or see the value in that Mm -hmm. which is part of um, us trying to build awareness as we're building community partners
0: now why would they be better because they just are in other words,
3: because our kids are awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> In other words, just because they have certain communication skills, it doesn't mean they don't have other skills, right? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, sometimes a person with autism will actually be "quote unquote" better at something because they'll be able to keep doing. So- now, I'll just I'll say this is going to sound negative, and some people actually think it is, but they they can do repetitive ha- behavior without getting bored. Like right. my my son calls me uh, about ten times a day. Maybe more, and he kind of goes through the same. Th- like he talks about what we're going to do this weekend, and you know we don't do the same thing every weekend. If it were up to him, we might actually, but <laughs> but, but he tells me we're going to do this and this and this, and I'll change it up and I'll try to engage him in different conversation. But the way they're wired, um, I don't know. Is that is 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 it okay to take advantage of something like that, Christina?
2: Well, I think it's you can thruster. kind of frame it. You know, yep. I think you can kind of frame it as that sometimes people with autism or individuals with autism will have, you know, a specific interest or I guess a fixated interest,
0: yes, really
2: in-depth interest <laughs> yes. in depth interest in something. And why not capitalize on that? Is kind right. of what we think. So, we have a student, um, and I don't know where he's going to go, but he's super interested in um, history and knows. Way more American history than I ever did, <laughs> right. even when I was in high school, um, and studied it. So, you know how how do we capitalize on that? Do we get him in a job where he can work at a museum or the local? You know, um, we have a we have a small museum near our school. So we're like, how do we how do we capitalize on that and get them? So, you know, something that maybe other people might not have the attention to detail for the specific topic, our kids might, um, and getting them. Capitalizing on that, is, I sure. think how you can frame it.
0: Yeah, I mean the the symbolic um, representation of that sometimes is just the unlocking. There are a lot of um, autism organizations talk about unlocking the talent, unlocking this, unlocking that, because they have. And this is not just a way of sort of being nice to special needs people. It's genuine that that they have, amaz- particularly kids with autism, have remarkable skill. Their brain work. in in different ways that ours don't and they legitimately can do things that we don't I mean if you saw the movie Rain Man that was not BS like other than maybe the blackjack scene like that that wasn't that wasn't (laughs) like uh, I don't think a person with autism necessarily is better at just counting stuff but w- the knowledge that Raymond had and the way he could remember things like and the way that he could do math in his head like that stuff really happens i mean do you see that jen mm-hmm.
3: in some of our kids yeah. um it, you know i think some people think that like all people with autism no, they're, they're, have no right, they don't all
0: have it yeah, yeah no right. they
3: don't all have it but in some of our kids absolutely
0: yeah my son can if he's driven and he been in a car and gone anywhere he can tell you exactly how to get back right down to the you know 95 Nine, Ninety-five north to ninety-three north to exit twenty-one B to to you know Main Street to this and that. When he sees people, sometimes he'll he'll say, "Where do you live?" And will be like, uh, "Norwood on what street? Uh, Prospect Street off of what street?" Like he needs to know <laughs> so he can store it in his brain. And I mean, their minds work differently, right? And that's not it's it's like we think of it as a deficiency. And when it comes to communicating in this society. Um, it is like they need help. They need help. Right. Mm-hmm. But you must see some cool stuff looking at, you now, Christina, you, you must see some cool stuff and just things that you're proud of among your kids. Right.
2: Yeah. I'm proud of my kids every day.
0: <laughs> how <laughs> many kids do you have?
2: So, I'm <laughs> like, I have 41 kids. Now. Yeah, yeah. Is, um, is that how many kids you guys, yeah, cause so, I
0: didn't ask earlier. Yeah so, yeah, so we
2: have, we have just about 40 kids in our school um, okay. right now, um, ranging from six to 21. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I think that every student has something to be very proud of, in, you know, whether it's that they came in and, and learned some skills that they'd been working on for a short amount of time, or if it's that they're getting a job when they're leaving or passing their MCAS or different things. So, you know, our, our kids just range so, so much um, mm-hmm. in their in their skills in the school.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you think, um, I mean, you, you said as, as part of your mission is to kind of educate the community and improve Acceptance So I feel like I'm playing Tennis here Jen I'm going <laughs> over, over To your side of the court now So Do you think in general Over the And, and you know You've been uh, Interested in this Since high school You said right So Do you think Things have changed In terms of the popular Perception of people With special needs
3: Um. Yeah I think so I think there's still A lot more educating To be done um, But I think People Closer to the mic People have a better... There you go. it it sounds different. Yeah, Um, it sounds better. (laughs) Right. You're right. Um, Okay. Well, we don't need to fight about it. (laughs) Go ahead. I'm just not used to having something so big in front of my face.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking that out. (laughs) Oh, God. um, Yeah, no. Okay, go ahead.
3: um, What was the question?
0: (laughs) Popular perception of... um, uh, people with special needs people with autism like I mean yeah. I guess I guess to, to, to I put you. a little more color on the question just um, you know how kids are treat kids with special needs how they're treated at school you know I mean I can remember a kid in junior high that I went to junior high with who looking back on it the kid had Asperger's. there's no doubt in my mind, but right. we didn't call it that then. Uh, we didn't call it autism spectrum disorder. Um, Most people didn't even know what autism was You kind of heard about it But you you thought that was uh, Kind of under the umbrella Of what we used to call mentally retarded Um, And so And he sadly was not a popular kid He had a lot of trouble making friends And it frustrated him And that didn't help So I'm wondering if that you think that something like that maybe would be different these days It's
3: it's very different. If I yep. look back on my experience um in elementary school, there were kids with autism or special needs all like in one class. They ate lunch at a different time than yeah. other kids. They were at recess at a different time. It was very segregated. Mm-hmm. Um and those kids got made fun of, I think just as a lack of understanding right. of who they were. Um but now, um, school districts are really focusing on like inclusive settings. Um, actually, we have an integrated preschool program in Natick that is uh, in our school in RCS Learning Center, and it's a childcare center that's open to the public. My kids went there, but in each preschool and pre-K classroom, <clears throat> excuse me, there are two spots for kids with autism, mm-hmm. um, and then they go full-time, fully supported by one of our RCS behavior therapists. So they have the benefit of being able to be learning alongside their typical peers, but then having that like intensive support from our RCS
2: staff.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: I think even the the field of behavior analysis is, is a lot focused on children with autism. It's not exclusively for children with autism, but um, I started in the field in 2001 or 2002 somewhere around there and the families that I started with uh were often you were seven (laughs) years old the the families that I started with I was doing a lot of home programs and the students weren't going to school um so they were you know oftentimes the districts were kind of saying like we don't have a we don't have a spot for them or we don't have a place um or if they did it wasn't sufficient so you know the families were saying, okay, we're going to homeschool and we're going to hire people Mm. and we're going to, um, so even in the past, I don't even want to say how long that was ago, um, (laughs) but 15 or, you know, almost 20 years ago, you know, the field has changed pretty dramatically in autism treatment in general, autism education has changed pretty dramatically. Now we're seeing, um, you know, I, I know I keep on focusing on ABA, but uh, oftentimes ABA service providers are the people that are helping with, with, students with autism, and um, it was just in, what, 1998 or 99 that the um, credential actually was formed. So, you know, the field is so new that... um, you know, at the time, 15, 20 years ago, people, the, the districts weren't hiring BCBAs. They weren't hiring autism professionals that were specifically focused on that. Um, but now you see in most school districts, they have autism programs. They have uh, dedicated professionals that are trained to work with children with autism. And so they're responding to the increase in the prevalence of autism.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just um, hope that it's, People see the, the the value, and you guys see it. You guys see how you know pe- people who have you know limited skills still have like um, boundless opportunity to to do good and to the and to make the people around them you know maybe appreciate life a little better or whatever. In my town, Sharon, the school made the uh, foolish decision to cut out a partner program with the New England Center for Children, which is another wonderful school for uh, kids with autism. And there was a school committee meeting, which was uh, ultimately unsuccessful in, in in my mind and where we sat as the parents said, to, to stop this, um, to stop them cutting out the New England Center. And, you know, I got up and gave like a little mini speech and did my best, you know, powerful, you know, hear me roar, you know, respect our kids and, and all that. And then but what I didn't anticipate was there are a lot of parents of typical kids who got up and said, We love the program New England Center has put in because it, it integrates our kids. Um, our kids come home saying I had such a nice experience mm. that the, well, they wouldn't say it that way. They'd say, I had a great day at school because I helped Adrian read a book, you know, or whatever. And but um I mean that's just huge. Now I know you guys don't have typical kids of um At your school Per se Right But uh, Or do you
3: So we have Typical kids In our Childcare Center Which is Attached to Our school Um, And my Both of my Kids went Through that Program Your Um, kids
0: Are typical For the record My kids Okay
3: (laughs) <laughs> I'm thinking, what's typical? Uh, well, uh,
0: I know. I always, I always, it, I always uh, catch myself when people people always ask me. But I talk about Adrian all the time. How's your son? And like, and then people go, "You have another son, too." I'm like, "Well, yeah, I have Griffin. He's a typical kid." And it sounds like it sounds like I'm putting him down. Like, wow, he doesn't, he can't remember directions down to the exit number, like like Adrian can, like my genius savant kid can. But typical is just the the. It's a term of art. It doesn't mean he's a doesn't mean your kids are typical like i'm sure they're they're uh, outstanding
3: people would call typical right okay (laughs) yes but um because both of my kids went through um since they were three months until through pre pre pre-k um our child care center they my son actually his best friend had autism wow and he had no idea um because we just create an environment that is inclusive of all kids
0: yeah that's really and are they still friends
3: um, they haven't seen each other in a while because, because of yeah, different schools, um, yeah. but my son had no idea. They got along great. They had play dates and it was great. You'd never even, you'd never even know. Well,
0: it's a credit to your kid though. I think being, um, you know, seeing the true value of the, his friend with, with autism, there are all those moments like that, that it just breaks your heart. I mean, it, it's the, it's the coolest thing. Um, the story I always tell is um, just as an example of the good that it brings out in other kids was there was a, a basketball game and I got to apologize because every time I tell the story I, I um, burst into tears not burst into tears but I definitely <laughs> well up so I'm warning you guys um, this was I won't go I won't like find chapter and verse in the exact place but I believe it was in El Paso, Texas and there was a high school basketball team and the manager of the team was a teenager with special needs I don't know what his diagnosis was but it was kind of He's kinda of mid level functioning, but he loved basketball and he loved being the manager of the team. So on the last day of the season the the coach told him he could suit up. He could he's he's gonna wear full uniform and sit with the team. So he's thrilled. And then I'm already welling up. Damn it! Because I, yeah, I know what's coming. His name was Mitchell, I think. Anyway, so he's sitting on the end of the bench. What the coach hadn't told him was he was going to actually put him in the game. And he'd already decided, no matter what. The um, you can you can Google this, YouTube this. It was on like CBS this morning or something. It. Yeah, it's just it's just a it, it's it's a get the tissues ready because it's amazing and it makes you cry in a really good way. But so he he sure enough they put him in the game towards the end of the game and I think the the sort of result of the game was was not in question. It wasn't close at that point. The, his team was already had a big lead. And so they put him in and now he's amazed and the kids are shouting his name and and now of course what do we need to have what do we need to happen now? We need you guys know a little something about basketball, right? He needs so to score. he needs to score. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So now it's like as a bonus wouldn't it be an amazing story if he scored a basket? So they throw him the ball. And the other kids are kind of keen to this, and they're, they're not really guarding him, and he misses. And they throw them in the ball again, and he misses again. And they try to throw, and now there's like 17 seconds left, and they try to throw the ball again, and he drops the ball, and it goes out of bounds. And oh, so wow. now it's like, and uh, sadly, even though he was thrilled at this moment, you know, he's he thinks a certain way, and he thinks he screwed up, and now he didn't score a point, so he's actually kind of looking a little sad at this point, despite the fact that it's such a nice thing. And now there's like three seconds left, Uh, I was uh, trouble telling the story. There's like three seconds left, and the other team has the ball, and the other team's just going to throw the ball, and the three seconds are going to tick off the clock, right? But this kid on the other team calls his name he says mitchell come over here and so he the, the kid on the other team throws him the ball and allows him to go in and score a basket i'm pathetic i can't i have <laughs> never been able to tell the story once without crying just the heart it's of, very
3: heartwarming the
0: heart of that kid the other kid right you know and so just think about that and just think about you know um all the challenges these kids have but th- there's something there right so do you have any tissues, uh, Christine? <laughs> no, All but right. you
2: almost got me too. All right. <laughs> I was to <laughs> like, hold it together. <laughs>
0: maybe if I hadn't been like, uh, sniffling during the course of the story, I could have told it a little, a little more. No, you did a great job, but I'm glad you that. gave
2: me the warning that you were going <laughs> to <Yes>. do. <laughs> yes. Yes. Preparation
0: yes, is yes. Key. yes. Warning. Listeners of this podcast, the host may, um, eventually <laughs> become a blithering, uh, tear-filled fool. fool. Um, so, um, we've got a few more minutes left tell me um how do people find out about you well i'll get, i mean i'll give out the the it's rcs uh learning.org now is that right rcs yeah okay so that's really easy to remember rcs but how can people support you what can we tell people in terms of that you can give you can keep, uh, i'll answer it for you give them money right <laughs> there's a button to i mean that, that's a challenge right how, how are you funded
2: so uh, through the school, we're funded through um, your local public school. So the students that come to us come to us from actually 26 different districts in Massachusetts, and they take their vans or their buses in the morning, and the districts pay for those vans as well as our tuition. Um, but just like with education in, in every you know local school district, we are just funded by the, the tuition that we get, um, and it Covers the bare minimum of education, right. um, so our students always need more materials, especially students with autism. Um, looking at like technology and different devices is always something that we need support on. Um, with our community program, we've recently needed more access to vans and um, transportation um, during the middle of the day because I, I hope that everybody picked up on that we do a lot of individualized work. So our students are going mm-hmm. sometimes one on one to different environments, and so that means. They need to get there, <laughs> um, right. so you know vans are something that we're we're always looking for help um, getting, and then just you know, general unrestricted donations. We need we need money yeah. um, to do the best that we can for the students um, uh, that that are sent to us.
0: So. And can people come visit if they want to? Oh, of course,
2: out? yeah we okay. welcome we welcome visitors, um, and um, yeah, yeah, we do. How
0: about uh, if? Someone has a business where they might be able to employ someone with um,
2: of course. one of your kids. Yeah, yeah, we would love that.
0: And there's info. If they go to the website, they can find out how to yeah, do that. Yeah, um,
2: you, can, you can just go to info at rcslearning.org and email. And um, I actually answer that. So I'll be oh, <laughs> in touch <going> with you. <laughs> right to
0: Christina herself. So yeah. I'm sorry, I repeat that. Info
2: at rcslearning.org.
0: That's the uh, email address. So send it right now. Um, Jen, what have I left out? Anything?
3: Um, I don't think so. <laughs>
0: Why do you like what you do? In the case I didn't ask you that earlier.
3: It is so rewarding. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a very challenging job, but um, I think the smallest bits of progress that you can see in our kids, it just kind of gives you the ability to keep going, and it's just rewarding. It's rewarding. I think a lot of people give up on kids with autism and, and people with special needs, Um And one thing that we really pride ourselves on is that everyone can make progress. And it's really up to us to teach them and to teach them in a way that they can learn, that they can make as much progress as possible. And I don't think a lot of people truly believe um, that kids can gain like a lot of skills and be more independent than they are. And that's kind of what we are, that's our foundation is that everyone can make progress.
0: That was good. Right? Did she say it all, Christina? I mean, yeah. you did great too. But that was really good. No, I'm just kidding. We you should both. leave it at that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Mike. job. Mike job. Yeah. So I hope you guys had fun. This was awesome. Uh, I mean, listen, we laughed, we cried, we told stories. Um, I mean, but Jen, I love you. Said, don't give up on kids with autism. That that. I mean, I should tattoo that on my arm. If I can find any room um, There's a lot of other <laughs> stuff on there um, But thank you It's it's uh, RCS Learning Center And just go to rcslearning.org Wait, did I say it right? Yeah yep. Okay I want to make sure rcslearning.org And thanks for listening to the Boston Podcast If you enjoyed this podcast Please share it with a friend, a colleague, really anybody, send that thing along. Hit like if you like it. That helps us. We appreciate the support. And if you want your own podcast, go to pod617.com to find out all the information on behalf of Christina and Jen who are awesome today. My name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston, but if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Enjoy your day everybody.
3: I Oh, <laughs>